This is America on Par, a powerful punch of political punditry in a pithy podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Parr. Those of us in the Americas woke up to news out of Belgium of another round of terror attacks. Dozens of people were killed at the airport and transit stations in Brussels. It was similar to the terror attacks in Paris last year in that they were well-planned against multiple targets, soft targets, in multiple locations at the same time. They're also similar in that they were carried out by ISIS sympathizers or operatives. Some were native-born and some possibly recent immigrants. Indeed, one of the attackers from the Paris bombing was arrested in Brussels on Friday, and it's possible that his arrest for his involvement in the, the previous round of attacks actually sped up the timeline for these attacks. This is a global war against radical Islamic terrorism. And actually, it may be more accurate to describe this as a global war by radical Islamic terrorism, since it is the terrorists who first declared the war and are actively carrying out the battle. The West is not currently fully engaged in defeating this enemy. We are not at this point willing to do whatever it takes to win. This is first and foremost a war of ideas, just like the Cold War was a conflict of ideas. Yes, there were times when it was deadly. Vietnam, Korea, Afghanistan. But most of the Cold War was about the battle between the idea of capitalist democracy versus communist totalitarianism. Now it's capitalist democracy versus theocratic totalitarianism. But we aren't really fighting that war of ideas. We are doing the minimum in fighting the armed conflict. We have some advisors in Iraq helping the Kurds fight ISIS. We've conducted some bombing runs against ISIS targets in Iraq and Syria, and one, one recent bombing run in Libya. We have law enforcement tracking down threats here at home as a legal matter, but that's it. There really isn't a plan on how to defeat the enemy. There isn't a strategy on how to actually win this war. I'm not making this up. Our own president has said as much. I believe, based upon his actions, that our president has decided there is no way to win this war militarily, so he has decided instead to limit our casualties to an acceptable number of civilians per year. Now, I know that's a pretty inflammatory statement. I'm not trying to be inflammatory or Trumpian, I just can't figure out any other explanation. Since 9-11, there have been a total of 39 people killed in the U.S. in attacks linked to radical Islamic terrorism. That's about 0.1% of the people who died on 9-11. In Iraq and Afghanistan, we lost about 6,500 servicemen and women, about twice the number of people we lost, more than twice we lost on 9-11. So losing 40 civilians is more acceptable to Obama than losing thousands of soldiers in ground offenses. I believe that's the calculation he's made. I believe that's the calculation he's operating under today. So while we aren't really fighting the war with bullets, we're half fighting, we're sleep fighting. We aren't fighting the war of ideas at all. And yet that's where this battle really needs to be fought. 
to make the case that if we aren't going to fully engage in the military conflict, then we need to fully engage in the ideological conflict. Let's look back at the Cold War. Communism began to fall in November of 1989 when the Berlin Wall was dismantled piece by piece by German citizens. People who had been living under the rule of communist dictators were able to bring down the entire system by bringing down that wall. Why did communism first fail in Berlin? Why not somewhere else? Why not Sarajevo? Why not Moscow? Why not in the middle of the Gobi Desert? I think it was Berlin because that's the exact location where the West won the war of ideas because the contrast between communism and capitalism was so stark. People living on the eastern Berlin side of the wall could see their communist-built dank apartments and gaze across the wall beyond the barbed wire to the gleaming city that was West Berlin. And that contrast made the people yearn for their freedom even more. They heard when Ronald Reagan stood on the western side of the Brandenburg Gate and said, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Gorbachev heard him as well. They heard Reagan call the USSR an evil empire. There were no minced words. It was a stark contrast. That, that clarity of ideas and of thought was easy for the people living under totalitarian rule to understand. And once communist Berlin fell, the domino theory went into practice, just in reverse. You see, the West was concerned that once a country went communist, the war of ideas would spread to neighboring nations. In the end, the exact opposite happened. Once Germany fell, freedom spread to Poland, Czechoslovakia, Yugoslavia, Romania, Hungary, and eventually the Soviet Union itself. Here is the truth that needs to be told to the entire world. Radical Islam is evil. They throw homosexuals off of buildings. They stone women in the street. They behead Christians because of their faith. They burn men in cages and video it to play it before the entire world on the internet. They turn children into bombs. They have destroyed ancient Roman cities and images of beauty, but embrace the ancient Roman barbarism of crucifixion. They are not content with keeping their evil regime inside the Middle East or in other Muslim areas alone. Their goal is world domination so that they can throw homosexuals off the Golden Gate Bridge or toss Buddhists from the Great Wall of China or impale Christians on the Eiffel Tower. They want to bring down religious and cultural icons like Notre Dame, like the Sistine Chapel in Rome or the Cristo Redentor in Brazil. They want a repeat of the Holocaust, but this time, this time, they want to finish the job and kill all the Jews once and for all. Radical Islam is evil incarnate. What's worse is they're winning. And they're winning because in the area of ideology, we aren't even trying to fight. 
Where is the defense of freedom and liberty? Where is the defense and promotion of capitalism and the free market, which has done more to save lives and improve lives than anything else in the history of mankind? Where is Ronald Reagan or John F. Kennedy today? Here's a little sad truth for you. We don't have one. Not right now. There isn't anyone who speaks with the power or conviction about right versus wrong that Reagan did today. So until we find a new voice, you are going to have to get involved. Remember that part of what makes us a great country and a great nation isn't that we have a great government and great leaders. It's that we, the people, are sovereign. We are in control of our own lives and our own voices. So until we find a champion, you are going to have to lend your voice and speak out. You are going to have to defend the ideas of freedom and democracy and liberty since our government won't. Now, fortunately, we have more tools than ever before to raise our voices. You can simply share this podcast or other podcasts or videos or blog posts that defend freedom and denounce terror as unabashed evil. Spread it to your friends and ask them to spread it to their friends. You can even write your own. Speak up. Demand that our elected officials speak up. Let's finally start to fight this war of ideas. Because if we don't fight it, we will lose it. I'm going to leave you with one last piece of wisdom and courage from Reagan. It was his farewell address to the nation from the Oval Office. He had a warning for all of us. And unfortunately, we didn't listen to him at the time. Please, listen now. If we forget what we did, we won't know who we are. I'm warning of an eradication of that, of the American memory that could result ultimately in an erosion of the American spirit. Let's start with some basics. More attention to American history and a greater emphasis on civic ritual. And let me offer lesson number one about America. All great change in America begins at the dinner table. So tomorrow night in the kitchen, I hope the talking begins. And children, if your parents haven't been teaching you what it means to be an American, let them know and nail them on it. That would be a very American thing to do. Our current president isn't willing to fight this war of ideas. Our enemies are. That means if you want your children to still have freedom, you have to get involved. You must learn why liberty is so powerful and share what you learn with others. If not, the domino theory that led to the end of communism will lead to the end of freedom in the exact same way. Thank you for listening. If you like these podcasts, please share them with your friends on Facebook and on Twitter. If you'd like to leave a comment, you can always do so on my website, americaonpar.com. I'm Stephen Parr, and I can still see old glory flying over me. In the first light of the morning, I can see old glory.